Hello and welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what he has done. My name is John Thomas, and I'll be your host for today. Let's begin by reading from Proverbs 11.10. The word of the Lord reads like this. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Well, first and foremost, a very happy Thanksgiving Eve to you, wherever you are and however you may be listening in today. As hard as it is to believe it, we're here, folks. The holiday season is in full swing. So I hope that you're getting some time and space to be with friends and loved ones and families as we celebrate the joy of the Thanksgiving season together. Well, today we begin a three-week conversation around the concept of justice. And I thought before we set out, it might be helpful to attempt to put some handles on just what it is that we mean when we talk about justice from a biblical perspective. Like many words in our culture today, justice is one of those that we often use in many different ways. So what comes to mind when you hear the word justice? Maybe you can visualize a courtroom, a place where justice is served, or maybe you think of it as a form of revenge where someone gets what they deserve, where a sentence matches the weight of the crime or harm done to someone. As I was prepping into this discussion, I happened upon a a good friend of mine who's a pastor, and he recently taught a really good message on Jesus and justice in which he laid out three common views or definitions that you could say are almost like lenses at which we view justice through in our society. And these three views have been talked about at length by political scientists and This is going to be a real general uh, broad stroke here, and I'm not assigning necessarily a value statement to these kind of views, but they are helpful to think about the three different ways in which we often interpret justice in our society. The first is the maximizing welfare view, which says that the most just action is that which brings about the greatest good and reduces the greatest harm to the greatest number of people. It is just action. It's the just action that brings the greatest good and reduces the greatest harm to the greatest number of people. This has often been paralleled to more of a a liberal socialist uh, view. Secondly, there is the respecting freedom view, which says that the most just action is that which respects individual freedom or liberty of every person to live and choose how they so choose. This is respecting freedom, where freedom is the the pinnacle thing in which we say that is the primary lens which determines if something is just or not. This is individual liberty. It could be called the libertarian view. Then thirdly, there's the promoting virtue view. This says that justice is served when people are acting as they ought to, according to a pre-agreed upon moral code or a a certain set of, of virtues and Some would say this is most like a political conservatism where we look at a level playing field of morality and we say, okay, we've agreed to these rules and we're going to now promote virtue according to this standard. Now, biblical justice, why it may contain elements of these three views, is so much more robust. Biblical justice is deeply rooted in the belief that every person has been created in the image of God. That every person is of infinite value and worth, 
And there are times when we violate that reality where justice is enacted. This is a form of uh, retributive justice where a consequence or an or an action is, is, is happening in response to a violation, a breaking of that image bearing within one another. Biblical justice, though, doesn't stop there. It goes a step further beyond responding with just consequences, is it actually seeks out restorative justice. This is going towards the marginalized, the disadvantaged, those who are often taken advantage of by corrupt and broken systems and seeking to help them through incarnational love and by fighting to reform and restore the broken systemic systems that bring about their oppression. And, you know, we really see both of these at work in the life and ministry of Jesus. Jesus, who came to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, to recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. This is the mission of Jesus to outwork the kingdom of heaven as he proclaims it in Luke chapter 4. It's Jesus who is just, Jesus who is righteous. He's without fault. Jesus who came to take on our punishment, our guilt for the ways that we have all violated the image of God within ourselves and between one another. Because when it comes to the idea of justice, we are not just. We don't act justly with one another, with our relationship with God, that we are not righteous, that we are found wanting. And Jesus comes, the perfect one, the blameless one, to take on our guilt, what we deserve, the justice that we deserved for the penalty of our rebellion against God. And he gives us his righteousness so that we are then free to live out that gift of righteousness and an extension of his goodness for others. And this is the gospel. Remember, this is the gospel everyday podcast. So every day we're highlighting the gospel that we were guilty yet made righteous so that others may demonstrate his grace and justice, his kingdom to others. Now, this way of life isn't always easy. This way of living chooses to step into pain, into brokenness, to actively love your neighbor as yourself, to seek out the good of others beyond your own self-preservation or profit. Today's reading talks about those who have been made righteous by believing in God are to disadvantage themselves to advantage those around them. I'm going to read that one more time because it's so startling. This is what the killers write today, that those that have been made righteous by believing in God are to disadvantage themselves to advantage those around them. This is biblical justice, that we weren't deserving, that we weren't worthy, but actually Jesus came in. He disadvantaged himself so that we could come into the advantages of his righteousness, and he calls us to do the same. Now, this kind of living is absolutely, as you may very well know, (laughs) antithetical to the message of our culture. But here's the deal. It may be easy to point and see where others get this wrong, where this is broken in society, or or maybe some people that we know far off out in, in some far off land. But it's quite another to take an honest look inward at where you and I may be missing the mark here. I mean, really, you're calling me to disadvantage myself for the advantagement of others? I can hear quite loudly the broken response within my own heart to that call, and perhaps maybe you could too. Why should I become less so that others could become more? 
If only others were able to work as hard, to make right choices, to be better, to earn their way in, to take care of themselves, then I wouldn't have to disadvantage myself to bring somebody else up. It seems unfair that I should be called to use what I have earned through my own hard work to lift up others. But again, this is the radical message of the gospel. This is the exact kind of life that we are called into as Jesus followers. So remove, if you can, your political leanings or your rebuttal to what we're called to do as Jesus followers and put on first the lens of the gospel. This is exactly what Christ came to do for us, that he laid aside his status. He emptied himself, the king who became a servant, the son of man who became the son of suffering. Why did he do that? so that you and I may be lifted up, so that you and I may be rescued. And what other response can I have but to extend the same grace, the same love to others in need? When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Why is that? Because righteousness is never meant to be a title that we simply inherit. Righteousness is meant to be a grace-filled life empowered by the Holy Spirit expressed as grateful acts of worship. So God, I pray during these next um, several days as we look at this topic of justice that it would be more than a topic, that this would be an identity, an action that you're calling us into as Jesus followers. Would you teach us to be um, aware and vulnerable where we miss the mark? And would you teach us to be courageous in how we respond to serve others with the same love and grace that you have served us with? We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.